welcome to the Red Bra Project podcast, where red bra moments live. I'm Renee Bouse, founder and co-creator of the Red Bra Project. Each week, my co-host Shauna and I bring new conversations from amazing women all over the globe, sharing their stories of hope, wisdom, inspiration, and power, right alongside of grit, sweat, resilience, beauty, and tears. These stories help to elevate and inspire your life, creating a positive ripple effect. Get ready to feel the energy, motivation, and self-assurance to rock your everyday. We are so excited to have you join us. Let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Red Bra Project. I am so excited to be back with you today. We have an incredible guest that we're so excited to learn about her story and her mission out there in life and kind of um, what has brought her to today. And so before I introduce her, you may notice I'm flying solo today. My amazing co-host cannot make it, um, but Shauna says hello to everybody and she's so bummed, but she'll be sure to catch the replay. So welcome to episode number 68. And as I said, we are so excited to meet Mitra Rowe and introduce her to all of you guys. She's a consultant, coach, mentor, literally just helping others to become the best version of themselves through equity, diversity, and inclusion, and all kinds of initiatives. So we are so excited to meet you, Mitra. Welcome to the Red Raw Project. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Renee. Looking forward to talking to you. Yes, we are just so honored. Um, and there's so many places we can go with our conversation, but why don't we start off by learning a little bit about your background, where you're from, where you grew up, and kind of, you know, a little bit about yourself personally. Okay, well, I am uh, originally from the Middle East. I was born in a, a small country called Bahrain, which is uh, just across the water from Saudi Arabia. And um, lots of um, people will know this as being the banking hub of the Middle East um, over the years. It's not really a tourist destination, but it's definitely known for banking. And I was born to um, uh, Arabic parents, uh, my mom and my dad. Uh, who uh, their parents were from Iran originally. So I've got kind of a mixed background in terms of Middle Eastern, sort of Iranian, Arabic. Um, and um, my dad is the oldest of 10 children. And from a very young age, he took care of his, his siblings because my grandfather wasn't around. And um, his first marriage to my mother failed and uh, he married an English lady, which is what brought me to the UK. So um, in my early years of sort of around about seven, eight years old, I came to the UK for a few years. Uh, and then after that, I went back to the Middle East. Um, and then uh, when I was old enough, I was in my 20s, I decided that the Middle East was not going to be a place that I could flourish and made a choice to come and live in the UK. Um, and as a, as a resident, I could do that. And, um, and the rest is history. Uh, I came, I was... I met my husband after three years of being here and yeah, kind of just made my life here. And I've, that, I've kind of, you know, that flourish that I was looking for, I got here. Wow. So you just knew, you knew where you had to go and just kind of what wasn't the right place for you to settle down and call home once you were able to make those decisions as an adult. Yeah. 
yeah it was one of those um moments i was 21 and i was working uh after university i i made some um, decisions around what i wanted to do with my life and i i, re I was I, I wanted to be a career woman and not to have children and in the middle east at that time and still really now it was frowned upon to uh not really want to settle down and have a family um, you know, it's almost as though you have a sell-by date in the Middle East, you know, by the time you're 25, you're on the shelf for life if you don't get married. Um, and I was a bit of a rebel, um, quite scrappy, to be fair. So if somebody said to me I couldn't do something, then I almost had to prove to them that I could. And so my famous words were, watch me, <laughs> watch me do it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And especially, I know that you talked a little bit about Kind of defying societal norms and going all the way against um what's expected of you and it sounds like that's just something that innately is in you um and it is a challenge and it sounds like you take those challenges on with an open heart and mind and and you know making a move like that at 21 um you know a lot of people at 21 and you know in the united states move away come back home that kind of thing um but that's a very confident decision to make yeah, I think I didn't think I realized or I didn't see the danger or, or the kind of risk of moving countries. I just saw opportunity um, to live a life that I wanted to become fulfilled as an individual um, and to be treated equally, really. And I think that's what I was missing in my life. I was missing the opportunity to be the best version of myself. Wow. And so I think that is what drove me towards the career I have now, really. I wouldn't say it was a conscious decision towards this career, but I sort of fell into it and realized this is what I'm meant to do. This is this is my calling in life, helping others really see that actually if you want it and you want to do it and, you know, if you want to make it happen, you can. If you surround yourself with the right individuals, the right people, equip yourself with the knowledge and, and lots of other things. Um, and there are challenges along the way. But, yeah, I think that's that was my yeah. thinking. Sure, that is so good. That is so good because even to hear you reflect back on then, um, you knew you wanted to be treated equal, you wanted to go to a land or you know, a place where there was more opportunity for you, and not where you were expected to expire at 25 years old just because of societal norms. Mm -hmm. Um, that is so so just inspirational. Tell us a little bit about so you said you kind of fell into this line of work, but. What did you do to lead you to that point? And how did you discover this is where you were meant to be? Well, I was, um, I started my life in advertising, sales and marketing. I did business management at university and went into, into sort of commerce. And in, um, in that part of the um, workplace at the time, you had to be one of the boys to make it, or so I thought. You had to sort of walk the talk and, and behave as um, ruggedly as the men um, to be successful. And then I met a lady who introduced me to the concept that actually I could be exactly who I wanted to be and be just as powerful without having to put any of the bravado on. Um, and it was insightful. Um, and she opened up a doorway for me where I was able to sort of kind of take a peek into what a role model was look looked like i didn't have a role model really growing up uh, a female role model and i didn't realize that's what i was missing um and this lady is in the line of work that i am in now and she sort of said you know what I, if i open the door 
not literally, but figuratively, if I open the door, you'll be able to walk through it. And then, you know, the world is your oyster. You can, all you have to do is step inside and walk through. And, and I was kind of, I was really afraid of moving away from this persona that I'd created, this, this, you know, real kind of um, scrapper girl, as I called it. Yeah. Um, always on the defensive rather than kind of taking that offensive and, um, you know, stepping out and sort of saying, do you know what? Actually, I don't think I need to do it this way. I can do it my own way. I can kind of dance to the, my own tune and I'll still be able to be successful. So um, as a result of meeting this woman, my life was transformed, you know, and it wasn't just this one woman. Uh, there were subsequent other powerful role models that were female and all of my role models, you know, since then uh, have been sort of females that have really just captivated me. One in particular, I, I, I aspire to be like when I grow up, I always say when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And she's the big sister I never had really. Um, I have a I have a sister, a younger sister who I adore. Um, but being the oldest, you you kind of miss when somebody else isn't an older sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and that's how I sort of moved into learning and development and organisation development and people supporting people and people change. Wow, that is such a gift. That's such a gift of opportunity, and you chose to walk through that door. Did you want to give that person that woman a shout out uh yeah the lady i'm talking about is a lady called sally tansky um and she is just one of the most phenomenal people um i've ever met uh you know both professionally and personally she inspires not just me lots of people um and i met her um about 10 years ago 11 years ago um yeah she's she, i knew instantly it was a friendship for life um mm. she's always there for everybody um, but I feel very special each time, you know, she talks to me, it feels special. And that's that she just has a way about making you feel that way, really. It's incredible. Oh, that is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. I love that you shared that. And it's even, I think that it, not that it means more, but I think it's pretty cool that you were looking for somebody or you knew that you didn't have a role model per se and a female role model until later on in life a little bit. And, but you didn't, you didn't give up. You didn't quit. You kept pushing forward and doing it in your way, in your style, you know, and then you connected with one amazing woman who led you to several other amazing people. So your circle continued to grow, which is really cool. Yeah. I think what I really realized about the, the women um, who have been my inspirers is that they all face adversity, but they haven't come out of that or, or even entered into that sort of um arena of, of being a victim they're all sort of facing it head on and saying okay what can I do to make a difference how can I make the life I want how can I be the person I want to be and that for me as a child growing up I, I didn't really think that way my stepmom um my dad's second wife wasn't the greatest role model didn't really want to be a parent if I'm honest and you know this I don't blame her at all I have no malice towards her but I do recognize now that actually she just didn't know how to be a mum, And we needed, my sister and I, we needed that. And so consequently, we found our own way. And my dad kind of ended up being our mum and dad, really. <laughs> Had to wear two hats, which is pretty hard when you're um, trying to carve a career out and take care of a family. It's pretty hard to do. Mm. Um, but So I think these women just sort of 
showed me that, okay, you know, life is tough and there is a lot that you need to deal with and it's not going to go away, whether it's family, whether it's friendship, whether it's uh, professional, but there are different ways of dealing with it. And, you know, um, you don't have to conform and you don't have to feel like you are so completely different uh, and alienated. So, you know, to be successful. How do you combat some of those feelings or how do you face some of those feelings? Um, let's, let's just say it's somebody who's listening in and they want to have the strength and courage to not conform to all of the normal societal roles or what's expected of them or you know, they, they, maybe they want to do their own thing, but they don't feel strong enough. What would you say to them to, for a little bit of advice? I think it's important to um, recognize in yourself, first of all, that something is missing. Um, and uh, it is important to have a strong network. So if you don't have a strong network, I would say, look around, look around for people that inspire you. Put, bring them into your circle or ask to be in their circle often people will be there and guide and support and help you all you have to do is ask especially if you don't have that close-knit community or a close-knit family or a support network where you can go to for that um the conversation that is it can be quite raw quite emotive and really makes you look inside yourself to see what am i really afraid of and the answer often is, I'm afraid of my own self. I'm afraid of just how powerful I can be. That terrifies us as human beings. And that terrified me. The fact that I could actually come out and sort of say, I, you know, <laughs> cheeky as it may sound, I am powerful, I'm strong, and I'm a woman, and, you know, hear me roar and all those sorts yeah. of things. To, to say that and feel, even as I said it now, I check myself. So it doesn't ever go away, but to say it and to feel that you're deserving of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, the first thing is sort of stop and sort of say, actually, I deserve to be confident, happy. Uh, I'm a strong person. And I, I, you know, if I'm struggling, then I need to find somebody to help me through this process and feel comfortable about it. There's not a weakness there. It's, um, it's a, you know, it's growth and realization and self-actualization really. Mm, so good. I think that you said something so important in that sentence that I definitely can resonate with. And that is, it's one thing to say something and it's another thing. It's a whole other world that takes on almost when you say and feel it. And it's almost like you do have to keep saying something no matter on the, even on the days you don't feel like it, because, you know, eventually you get to that point. And like you said, it still comes and goes for you because it's not like once you get there, it just goes away because we all, I feel like it's human to struggle with that. And it's like a muscle. And so I think that's so important um, part that you kind of connected those two dots for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of us uh, women sort of have got, uh, you know, we talk about societal norms and the construct of the traditional view uh, of what women should do, what men should do, you know, in terms of, the equality ratio, whose job it is to do all these different things, that that's never really sat well with me. So, you know, I know I jest about if somebody said to me, you can't do that, I would say, watch me. I And genuinely, I danced to my own tune. I, you know, my husband and I have a, an amazing relationship. 
um, like everybody else, you know, we have arguments because that's life and, you know, it's marriage and it's a relationship. Wouldn't be normal otherwise, but we are true partners in life and we we have a, a, a way of being together. Um, our relationship is such that some, including my dad, really struggle with it because it's so different to the norm. It's so different to the male as the breadwinner and the, we, the woman as the homemaker, or even if you have a job, it's not, you know, the, the, the sort of the breadwinning role. It's a job, but you are the homemaker, you take care of the family. And that wasn't the case for us. You know, I didn't have any children. I have a stepdaughter who I, you know, my husband had with his first marriage. And I was at 26 when we met, I was terrified. How do I deal with a child? Yeah. And my challenges at the time were, I cannot repeat, or I cannot be with this child, this girl, the way my stepmother was with me. Mm-hmm. So I had a, you know, a, a real hang up about how I was going to manage this relationship. Um, and for a while it, it wasn't, it didn't feel natural and authentic. It felt quite rehearsed because I wanted to be really good at this role of homemaker, mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, trying to be a step parent. Um, and it, again, it was, you know, those role, with, role models in my life, those women that said, you, you can't control it. You have to be who you are and she will love you for who you are. And, you know, you'll do the best that you can. And sometimes kids are kids really. Um, but not having your mother there to be able to have a conversation with like that, it's really, it was really hard. But I didn't recognize that's what was going on at the time until, you know, the ladies that were surrounding me until they said, you realize what's happening here? Can you see how it's unfolding? Mm. And it just, you know, having my stepchild really, my stepdaughter has just enabled me to grow beyond measure, beyond measure. It's just incredible. And now she is 28 years old and has got her second child on her way. So uh, I'm a granny. That's so fun. You are such a young grandma too. <laughs> I know. And I was like, how can you make me a granny? So I'm, I refuse to be called granny. I'm Gigi. So I'm a glamour gram. <laughs> Ooh, Gigi. I love it. Gigi, yeah. <laughs> a glamour gram. That's good. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. How fun is that? How old are your grandchildren? Well, your first. Um, the, uh, the oldest is two and a half. And the second is on his way. He'll be here in two weeks. So. Ooh. As in, like, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll arrive, he'll be born just before Christmas. So, fingers crossed. We live in New Zealand and we're in the UK and we were planning to be out there for the two months after he was born. Unfortunately, Corona had a different idea. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. which is a great segue. Um, How has, you know, this year obviously it's been a roller coaster for so many and for you personally and in the work that you do, and this is actually, Sean, I was curious about this. We're gonna talk about your company here in a second, but with this year being as intense and so many feelings and emotions um, as it has, how has that impacted you personally and, and the work that you're doing? Have you seen kind of an uptake in, in your services that are needed? It's interesting. So uh, I will say yes and no. So, um, for the last 10 years, I have run um, a, uh, an organization development consulting business. So uh, essentially helping businesses who 
decide what they want to be when they grow up you know they mm-hmm. sort of have a strategy of what it's going to look like and then they come and talk to people like myself and say we need your help to uh, do the organization design and development and sort of help us create the employee life cycle um, touch points and, and you know create behaviors frameworks and help us through that process um, and typically I work with other people to do that in the organization and some external consultants and I've done that for 10 years and I really I love that work because the, the sort of you know the golden thread that runs throughout all of that is equality fairness transparency ensuring that people in any organization have the same level of opportunity by knowing what good looks like and what's expected of them and all of those great things. And so I spent 10 years doing that um, and thoroughly enjoyed it and, uh, you know, kind of really learned a lot. In the last 12 months, um, for more than one reason, my focus has shifted and I, I wanted it to shift. I was reaching a point of sort of saying, I need to make a difference in a, in a, in another way and I I was struggling to find um, an avenue to do that without kind of you know jumping on something else that was already there and you know there are lots of opportunities to get involved in community work um, and none of them really resonated with me uh, until a colleague I used to work with uh, called James Jackson Uh, he posted a video uh, I'm gonna say around about March time probably Um, And it was a very raw, emotive, personal uh, video of him. And he was not in a great place. And he had the courage to sort of share that with everybody and not just everybody anywhere, everybody on LinkedIn, which is real taboo or has been real taboo. You know, LinkedIn is notoriously known for being very, very business. It is a business platform. I get that. But, you know, we're human beings still. Um, And what struck me was his honesty um, and just the feeling that uh, here's somebody that's calling out. I need to connect and I need to talk to people. So anyway, uh, the long and the short of it is I connected with him again, reconnected and, and he did uh, a Zoom session and invited anyone who wanted to come along. And as a result of that, he called it, you know, a space to talk. Okay. And as a result of that, um, he said to me, look, you know, I want to do something here with this. And I said, okay, how can I help? And um, from that, uh, this this beautiful thing called Space to Talk has emerged. And he and I are now sort of quite set on making a difference in the world in a, diff- in a way that we feel will actually be valuable outside of the work we do. I'm not saying the work we do is not valuable, but it's still very business and kind of commercially led. Uh, and actually we feel that from a, a societal point of view, we need to tackle those changes much earlier and in a different arena rather than just in the workplace. Mm. So um, so we're kind of on a journey with this and we're not really sure where it's going to go, what's going to happen. Um, you know, it's just, it's an initiative. It's a project we really are passionate about helping to raise awareness and educate people around all things, equality, diversity and inclusion and still lead that through the work we do. I mean, he is an EDI specialist uh, and I don't claim to be that but I, I do you I kind of that strand runs through all of the work I do um, and as a human being I I am an ally to um, anybody and everybody uh, particularly gender equality is my flag that I fly and it's not you know it's not just women it's men 
it's non-binary, it's transgender, it's whatever. Whoever you are, whatever you are, be who you want to be and you shouldn't be judged for it at all. So um, yeah, I think it, it's really changed. So the work that I typically do because of coronavirus hasn't really been, uh, uh, it's, I haven't done a great deal of it. I've diversified because doing other things because businesses are really focused on employees keeping their jobs. So it's much more about HR and employee relations than starting to think about the future uh, because none of, none of those businesses, rightly so, can predict what's gonna come. Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting year and my role model, Sally, had said to me, when I was talking to her about this, she'd said, um, what you've done is re repurposed this year. Because I said, oh, I feel like all my plans have just fallen apart. I had so many plans, like all of us. And she said, you've repurposed the whole year and just reflect back on all the great things you've done. And just with that one sentence, I was like, actually, she's so right. Um, wow. And I spent the, the majority of the year doing voluntary coaching um, in the hospitality sector for people who are really, really kind of on their knees in terms of job situation. And then also for my own community, the HR community, working with a, a, a really good friend who, whose passion is also to lift people up. And so I kind of thought, well, I, I don't see how else I can make a difference in the world today now than do this voluntary work and ride it out and just kind of, you know, it will be okay next year business-wise. But at the moment, it's kind of, you have to focus on how we can help other people through it. Wow. I mean, that that share is just so impactful because, I mean, it started with a question about, you know, your company and COVID and really you just kind of divulged so much that one, it's okay to shift. It's okay to shift passions and to decide, you know what, I enjoyed this, but it's time for me to do something along those lines, but a little bit different because it, that's what's going to fuel my soul, you know, mm -hmm. and then you connected with somebody who needed you. And that turned into such a beautiful, by the way, I love the name Space Talk. Um, and it is so needed right now. And I, I imagine you guys are creating an amazing space um, for people to come in. So can anybody come in and join during these Zoom or how does it work if people want to join for the space to talk? And is it, is it something that's public? So um, I think we have, we have a couple of different ways of doing um, the sessions. Um, and our sort of core principle is that, you know, for Joe Public, anybody and everybody is welcome. You, know, you don't have to pay. If an organization wants us to go and talk to them, then of course we can do that, but it would be a part of a wider program. Um, at the moment, a lot of companies having very knee-jerk reactions to say, come and talk to us about this in isolation. And for us, we are quite happy to say, in isolation, it's not gonna work. And so therefore, actually, unless we do it this way, you know, it, you know, thank you, but it's not for us. Um, because we're not really subscribing to just sticking a plaster over something. Um, and in, with, with Joe Public, our plan is to, so we have got each month we run a round table event and we have great speakers that come along. We also have got the Space to Talk open sessions that we run. And like you say, anybody can come along to those. And um, we plan in 2021 to go out into the community and work with schools and in education. In fact, James has already started that. 
he recently um, ran a seminar uh, at uh, St. Mary's University here in the UK. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. He worked with a, a, another friend of ours who is a marketing lecturer there and um, was specifically looking at um, how um, people are, well, organizations uh, sort of uh, market to or don't market to and isolate uh, the black population. Um, yeah, so th there's, there's a lot of ways to get involved and we're really excited about what's coming up in 2021. So hopefully we'll be able to share that calendar soon. Uh, to be fair, it's just trying to fit everything in between doing existing projects and, you know, kind of day jobs and then sort of thinking, right, I really want to do this stuff. And as you know, managing your time and managing diaries can be tricky at times. It can but we're getting there. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think it's really cool how, I mean, you're in the UK right now, I'm in the United States and, you know, we can connect. You know, part of what this year, as tough as it has been, I think the ability to connect and learn how to connect in different ways is yeah. something that a lot of people have opened up their mind and heart to. And that's, that's helped with people's support bubbles, so to speak, too. And I mean, it, that is a, a really positive thing that's come out of this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have made so many new connections, uh, some of who I know I will be connected with for life and others who you think sort of think, it's great to have met that individual and that, that person, but I know actually our paths won't cross that much um, unless we, we, you know, are in a certain, um, on a certain topic. But yeah, I've met some fantastic, phenomenal people. And again, I met, you know, another inspiring woman in Margie, Margie Pro, who has introduced me to you guys. Truly inspiring and, you know, what a force that lady is. So, you know, it, it's great to sort of, and she's in America and I've never met her face to face like you, like so many people this year. None of us yeah. have met face to face, but we are building deep and meaningful relationships. It's, it's the most bizarre thing, don't you think? <laughs> it's bizarre, but yet powerful. Like it's really, really hard to describe it without kind of going through it and and one of the ways that you end up going through it is by putting yourself out there so to speak or you know making the connection and taking the time and then just thank it i mean margie did connect us i was going to give her a shout out she was one of our red bra guests um margie crow and she has an amazing story she is such a strong powerful woman um and she is doing amazing work herself we loved that she talks about passing the ladder down and what she does as a role model for others and um, it's just so we're growing it and that's that's it that's that's a positive ripple effect yeah yeah I mean I, I've not heard of the red bra project to be honest with you until Margie told me and then when I had a look at your website and looked online it was just wow look at all those amazing people yeah and um, so yeah I'm, I'm really you know delighted for you that this this work is kind of you know bringing all all those special women out into the open. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, we have an amazing community, and even a lot of our um, our community who haven't been guests yet, but that enjoy the stories and learn from them and share them. You know, and that's the power of sharing the story is you know it holds so much power, and then you can share it out and help if it helps or touches just one person's heart or um, gives them some hope. I mean, that is huge. So yeah. Yeah. And then um, obviously you kind of, you know, you're global. You're not just sort of US, <laughs> you're like you're hitting the world here. <laughs> yes, yes, it's very exciting. And again, thank goodness for technology. <laughs> so 
Um, so Mitra, you talk a little bit about your hero and I would love to talk about him a little bit. I know you kind of mentioned him a little bit, but um, let's hear a little bit more about your hero. My hero, well, he's my, he's my hero and he's my um, biggest critic as well. <laughs> um, my dad uh, is probably one of the, um, uh, you know, how do I describe him? He's one of the, he's, I call him my king because he is one of the, he just, I put him on a pedestal all the time. Uh, at a very young age, uh, as I said, he's the oldest of 10. And at a very young age, he had to take care of his entire family. And uh, growing up, you know, as parents do, they tell you, oh, you've got it so easy, you've got it so easy, you know, you have no idea. Um, but the reality is that we, you know, in comparison to him, we really did have it easy. He was sort of working from the age of tender age of 13, um, you know, in, in the hot sunshine, sort of just doing whatever he could to earn a living to take home so that his, he could take care of his family. Um, and, you know, that's kind of carried on throughout his life. But he put himself through school and he kind of came to the, to the UK for, for university and became an engineer and ended up running a power station and then retired at 50. You know, he worked really, wow. really hard to make sure that his children, my sister and I, had the best possible start in life. And, you know, whilst um, I am a very feisty young lady, uh, well, I was a young lady. But I'm a very <laughs> you are a young lady. lady. You are a young lady. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I attribute all of that down to him, really. My, you know, he sort of broke the mold of uh, traditional Arabian life, uh, being the oldest to turn, nobody would question him, of course. Um, when he married a, a Westerner and um, uh, marrying a Westerner, marrying a British lady um, who didn't, you know, she didn't have to, he didn't force her to change her religion. He took her as she was, loved her for who she was and kind of built a life with her and with us. And we were raised bicultural. So growing up, you know, he allowed us that space, which was unheard of really back then, particularly because by blood we were, pure Middle Eastern. We weren't even sort of mixed heritage uh, in that respect. Um, and he allowed us the space to find out who we were, to become, you know, ourselves and and um, and grow into the, the people that we are today. Uh, I mean, you know, clearly, as I say, we didn't have female role models, which is why I'd say he was my mom and my dad. Yeah. Um, my stepmom didn't really understand how to encourage and how to allow you to grow and how to push you. But he knew that he had to be tough on us. Uh, but in the way that, uh, you know, he, he only wanted the best for us. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, you can be anything you want. There's no such thing as can't. And that's where he comes from. You can be anything you want if you put your mind to it. So that's my mantra through life. There's no such thing as can't. You know, this guy who raised his family of 10, and took care of his mother and put himself through school and did all of this. And I, I, you know, of course I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. So he gave me belief in myself um, and yeah, he got a lot of stick for it. I'll give you that. <laughs> he got a lot of stick um, from his colleagues, from his family because he allowed us to 
wear Western clothes. Uh, I had short hair. In fact, I've had short hair for pretty much most of my life until COVID when the salons just closed. Yeah. And so my hair was growing and I just decided after six months, I'm just going to let it grow now. So, uh, but up until now, since I was very, very young, my hair was short, very short. Um, so yeah, I, you know, uh, kind of, he, he just gave us the space and the opportunity to become the people we are today. And uh, as I say, he's my biggest critic because he's always saying to me, you can do more, you can do better. And, you know, he's very proud of, of me and my sister, Ryan, and I know that, but he's also, come on, more, you can do more, keep going, mm -hmm. don't stop there. So uh, he's, he's always pushing the boundaries, uh, you know, for us because he wants the best for us. Mm. Um, but, and as a child, you don't, you really don't understand that. You really don't see that, you know, mm. as kids. Um, uh, but he's always been my hero in that respect, yeah. It's funny what we can see as we get older and we look back and be, we remember those messages or those examples that, you know, our parents were setting for us or the people, our aunts, our older siblings, our, our adult role models were setting for us. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, reflection is really powerful, isn't it? And I think this year, more so than ever, has given us the opportunity to stop and reflect. And, mm. and you know, hence why lots of us have made decisions to, to, to reshape some of the things that we do in life. And we miss, I miss so many things about my old life, as I call it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not longing to get back to everything. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wanting to work more towards a new life, mm -hmm. you know, a life that's very purpose-led. Um, and I, I, it's not that I've not had purpose before, but it, the purpose is different now. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what I want to do and how I want to give back is different. Of course, we still have to work and I still enjoy the work I do. And, you know, the work that we do in business doesn't go away, but the purpose, you know, and the sort of working with organizations that have the same value sets and that really want to make a difference, not just say they want to make a difference. You know, it's, um, it, it's really important. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of like this year has opened up to a lot of things that were out of our control, but also has, has given us the opportunity to sift and kind of to sift and pick and choose what we want to move forward with. Maybe, you know, it, it really is an opportunity to start from a blank slate in so many ways. And some, you know, it's because we are forced to because either the careers are no longer there at this time um, or the jobs, or, you know, we are doing everything underneath one roof as far as living, working, homeschooling, um, having your own relationship. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot. So that's, that's a great perspective. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, I, think, um, I think a lot of us are in that space and have had the, the opportunity to stop and reflect and pause and then, you know, kind of come out after, well, certainly for us here in the UK, after the first lockdown to come out and sort of say, okay, so what are we going to do different? Right. You know, oh, yeah. How, how do I make this thing that I want to be involved in or the, the thing I want to do, how do I make that happen? Mm, yes, so good. Um, speaking of which, I mean, I love your perspective about you can make anything happen if you if you align yourself with with what the tools that you need or you just you know if that if something doesn't work you're going to try a different connection or you're going to try a different resource or you're going to try a different approach and it sounds like you don't give up easily 
um, which is which is that feistiness and that drive and grit and resilience. And I just it's it is just so powerful. And um, what is a piece of advice? I mean, you are just full of wisdom. But what is a piece of advice that has really stayed with you um, through your whole life? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, you, I'm sort of trying to think now. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I kind of keep going back to my dad with his point of view around you, you know, have, have you a belief in yourself and don't let anybody else stand in your way. Mm. If there are people that are out there saying to you that you can't do this or it's not possible, find a way around it and maneuver around it, you know, stay positive, remain resilient and don't let life knock you down and it's you know it's easy for people for all of us to let that happen um and to believe in yourself i think self-belief and self-value is really really important so i would encourage everybody to love themselves enough to allow themselves to make mistakes to allow themselves to be vulnerable to allow themselves to um you know show other people what's really going on inside and feeling comfortable enough to say, do you know what? It's okay that you know that I am flawed because I'm a human being. Um, and it's also okay to know I need, I don't know everything. I have not got the answers. I need help. I need all of you around me to, mm. to sort of share and guide and, and give me a wisdom. So, you know, that sort of, um, that, that's a bit of advice I would give to anybody really. Don't be afraid of what could be just because, you're concerned about what people might think. I love it. That is so good. Um, we are going to go into our, our kind of our theme question. And that is, you have so much that you've shared with us throughout this conversation. And thank you so much. Um, and there are so many red bra moments in everybody's lives, whether you actually think about it and reflect on it or you stumble across it and you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I made it through this. Or, you know, at different times in your life, it can be smaller things, but in that moment, that was a big thing. So what mm -hmm. is one red bra moment that you have that you got through and you really came out or you were going through it? And like you said, you set, you kept the mantra from your dad in your mind and in your heart, but that you got out and you're like, dang, Mitra, you rock, girl. <laughs> Um, yeah, like you say, there are lots of them. Um, uh, a, a significant one for me is that about five years ago, I had cancer and I was, you know, running a, a successful consulting business. I was working heavily um, and uh, I decided that I wasn't going to let this cancer get me down. I wasn't going to let it beat me. And I, I was working with my friend who, and colleague and you know my uh, role model Sally and I remember saying to her I told my doctor uh, my consultant that the surgery can happen between this date and this date because I have work to do <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a lie I did uh, and my red bra moment I suppose kind of from that was that you know what there is nothing that's going to hold me back from living life I've always lived life to the full is is how I, I see things and, um, you know, just to be able to be in a position where I, I felt fortunate enough that I knew I would, it, it was a thyroid cancer. So it's, um, it wasn't uh, life-threatening, thankfully, it was treatable and I, I was treated and I'm in remission and I'm, I'm fine. Um, 
but you know there were there were so many other people around me that were not so lucky and not so fortunate so my red bar moment there was I you know I as a as a female I didn't let it stop me uh, as a as a wife I didn't let um, I didn't let my husband down I was still there for him and he was just incredible throughout this process but also I can be powerful and strong and be vulnerable at the same time that was the the moment for me when I realized that you know that having five weeks off and going back to work and through treatment wasn't the end game it wasn't really what it is all about but I needed to it was actually my friend who said to me when you have to take time to stop and process this and you know so again that that was the whole I can still be strong and vulnerable at the same time and still be successful. Mitra that is so good thank you so much for sharing that I'm so glad your health is in a good place right now and it's going to stay there um, and that's such a beautiful red bra moment thank you. Thank you. So tell our listeners where they can connect with you and even even find um, space to talk. Where's the best, is it, you know, best place to go out and reach out and get more information? Well, I think, um, yeah, if you if you want to connect in, I, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, but space to talk is probably a really good arena for you guys, for everybody to sort of hook in. If you're interested and want to talk to me or to James about anything that is um, related to uh, equality, diversity and inclusion and specifically to help it to, for us to help you or you to help us share a message with the world or any audience that we can touch uh, around that space to educate people on how to just be better human beings, how to be more human with each other and, and really be more kind of um, you know, accepting of the difference and embracing of the difference. Mm, so good. Kindness always wins. <laughs> yeah. So we are on hashtag space to talk on LinkedIn, on uh, hashtag space to talk on Instagram. And we're also on Twitter. And although we don't, we're not really that active on Twitter, I will say, but we're more active on, on LinkedIn and um, on Instagram primarily. Um, you can reach us on uh, uh, at space to talk on Twitter if you want to. We've also got an email address that is just space to talk at outlook.com. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you'll put a link into uh, the feed that people yes. can get to as well. Yes, absolutely. We're going to make sure to pop in all the ways that people can connect with both you and James and space to talk. And thank you so much for being our guest. It's such oh, an honor. You to have you as part of the Red Rock community and your story is amazing. I know without a doubt it's going to touch somebody. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. For sure. And before we close out the show, we end every show with a quote. So the quote we chose for you tonight is, every thought we think is creating our future. Louise Hay. And I have a feeling that you've heard that one before, but um, I also have a feeling you're able to resonate with that quite a bit. Definitely. <laughs> that is brilliant thank you so much you are welcome and thank you to everybody who joined in and listened tonight we appreciate you so much if you know somebody who needs Mitra's story in their life please share with them make sure to subscribe wherever that bell is to the to the Red Bra Project YouTube channel come on over and hang out with us at the Red Bra Project on Instagram that's where a lot of our activity happens and of course you can always go to the redbraproject.com to either read about all of our amazing guests in a blog format or to watch them on our YouTube show. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate you and have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
guys so much for spending some time with us on the Red Bra Project. We are so excited you stopped by. If the story resonated with you, if you could take one second and share it with somebody who needs it in their life, we would be so grateful. Stories hold so much power. We'd love to hear from you. So tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Come on over and say hi to us at The Red Bra Project on Instagram. You can check the full written blog posts on our website, theredbraproject.com. And every single one of our podcasts has a video to go with it over on our YouTube channel, The Red Bra Project. So thank you again for joining us, and we will see you soon.